Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 95.7 The Game presents Light Years Radio. Featuring Warriors World's own Andy Liu. Grow up. Yeah, you grow up. And Sam Esfandiari. So, who are you? Why do I got to talk to you? This is Light Years Radio on 95.7 The Game. Light Years Radio. Oh, Show what, one, Sam. What did they do? What did they do? Andy Lou, Sam Esfandiari. This is our first show, if you haven't heard. Uh, talking about the Warriors today from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Sam, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm excited. We got some good guests today. We got Andrew Sharp, uh, from senior writer from Sports Illustrated, coming in half an hour. And then we got Ethan Strauss from The Athletic at 8.30. And then, of course, we'll be taking your calls the whole day. Taking your text. Actually, we'll probably start it off the show with, you can call in 888-957-9570. You can text into Chilton Auto Body hot text line, not hotline, 95795. Or you can tweet us. We've already got like 50,000 questions. Hashtag Light Years Radio. All right. Well, Sam, where should we start? They played a game last night. We should probably talk about that. That was a fun one. No no Clay, no Looney, no, no Embiid. Still a great game. Kind of seemed like something that the Warriors cared about. One of the few games all season that they went out there and, I mean, at least for the first quarter and a spectacular fourth quarter, they really showed that they cared, and we don't get much of that nowadays, at least for the last couple of years. So it's always good when you see an engaged Warriors team because, you know, sometimes you don't even see that in the postseason. Yeah, would you call that a top five game of the year for them in terms of effort? Yeah, top five. I'd say top five. I mean, what, what were your favorites? Because I love that Nuggets game um, where they they made, like the Nuggets are that were that up-and-coming team. Same with the, the Sixers, what they did last night, right? One of those teams where they, they come in, they feel like they're the man, and they want to show that they're the best team in the league. And the Warriors basically tell them they're like the dad to your son, where they're like, hey, this is still my driveway. Yeah. So I was thinking of this game and the uh, the Milwaukee game in Milwaukee. Both both Milwaukee and and Philly, uh, potential finals matchups for the Warriors. Um, both teams smacked the Warriors and Oracle. Well, Milwaukee beat them worse. And both times the Warriors came into their place looking to prove a point. Are we worried a little bit because I watched that first quarter and we've been talking it a while a while now. And by the way, you guys, that if you're on Twitter, tweet us at light years radio, hashtag light years radio. Um, I was a little worried because just watching DeMarcus cousins, he looks great yesterday. His numbers, he had, he had a 2010 game looked amazing. They gave him the ball a lot, but are you a little concerned about the way he's, they're running the offense through him and not perhaps the other players? You know, the biggest thing I noticed with boogie is, um, over this whole run, the Warriors have always tried to be the faster team. And now they have Boogie, who's kind of a slower player, obviously working himself off of an Achilles injury. I think he looks better than I expected, given the injuries coming back from. But either way, he's still uh, a large big man who you know is dealing with the serious injuries coming back from. Um, they, they look slower. They're trying to play slower. The biggest takeaway I had from the Philly game was Philly came out running on them, and they they look to slow it down because they're like, man, we can't keep up with Ben Simmons in, in transition. If, if we got to Marcus at center, I still remember in, in 2015, 16, when the, when the warriors would, would come out here and they'd have Draymond running the, the five and they'd push the ball and they'd be running at the, the, the best pace in the league by far. Now they're like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they're like, you know, somewhere in the top 10, not even close to the top spot. And we've got teams like the Kings and the Sixers and the bucks. And they're just, they're gunning. They're sprinting, and we've got Kevin Durant kind of jogging up the court, Steph jogging up the court. They just want to slow this thing down, which, you know, it, it makes sense. You know, year five of this thing, you know, you, you've got to play a long season. Not everyone's, you know, playing 100 games a season. Yeah, but, I mean, I was told that they ruined the league, but it seems like the league's caught up to them. Turns out they made basketball more fun to watch for everyone around. 
You know, even the Sacramento Kings, the Los Angeles Clippers, teams that weren't good, they've made fun just off the basis of they made basketball a lot better. Yeah, definitely. And so um, I think you wanted to talk about it. I think the, the most exciting part of the game last night was the fourth quarter. I think we saw some, some vintage Steph and some vintage Draymond. When Draymond is locked in, name a more impactful defensive player. Not even close. Nope. Yeah, I don't know. Ben Simmons ended the game with nine turnovers. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know how many of them Draymond forced, but it, it was definitely a handful. And he's, he's not... You know, he's not jumping to get rebounds. He's attacking that ball. It's like, it's like the opposite of what he does on offense where, you know, he's driving to the rim and you see him throw up an ugly eight-foot floater. And, you know, you don't want to see that. On defense, he's attacking that basketball and rebounds like it's his. And he's on that last foul against Ben Simmons. He wasn't mad, you know, because, uh, you know, he thought he didn't foul him. He knew he had Ben Simmons. He was scared. Right, he was scared. He was standing at half court, and he didn't want that ball. He Ben Simmons was turned away from Draymond, and that's one of those things where we talk about killer instinct. You don't see that really. Like you talk about Kawhi Leonard, who's one of the best defenders in the league, but he doesn't have that, you know, killer instinct on defense where you just take over an entire basketball game. Yeah, how many players can you say, wow, they they dominated the fourth quarter and they ended the entire game with four shots, six total points. I mean, it's just he, he's a complete outlier in that sense. Yeah, there's, there's, for someone, and that's the difference between the Warriors and the rest of the league, you've got a team that, you know, you're not coasting for 42 minutes, but it's one of those things that if you want to, and if they want to, oh, they can shut the faucet off so quick. Yeah. Um, so if you want to join the conversation, text the Chilton, body, Chilton Auto Body text line 95795, or tweet us with the hashtag, hashtag LightYearsRadio. All right, let's bring it back because I want to talk about Steph because um, he, he went 15 for 35 against the Orlando Magic in a loss. Yesterday, he went, I think, 5 for 15, 5 for 16 from 3, and he's essentially out there chucking shots, right? So help me understand. Steph Harden. <laughs> and I'm trying to understand what's, you know, what's the issue because he's also not touching the ball that much. He might be shooting a lot, but it's not like he's running the offense, right? So, so what's kind of, is that worrisome? Is that does he just need a day off? Like, the percentages have gone down post-All-Star break, and that never happens. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. If you look through his game logs for pretty much his whole career, you can find these five- to eight-game spells where he's kind of in the low 30s to mid-30s, kind of shooting his way through it. That's the thing. You know, end of the year, he's going to be about 45%. That doesn't mean he he makes, you know, nine out of every 20, you know, four out of every nine, whatever it may be. It, 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 it ebbs and flows, and, I mean, there's got to be the regression after we watch games where he goes 8 for 11, 9 for 12 from 3. There's got to be a few games mixed in there where it's more like, you know, 4 for 12, 5 for 15. Yeah, it's too nuanced, man. Warriors fans, <laughs> all they want, all they want is Steph to chuck up 23s a game. You know, anything below 50% shooting is tough. But are you not at least a little bit worried because they're running it through Cousins? We, I'm, I'm watching the game, and I'm seeing Steph Curry setting back screens for Cousins, and it's all cute. You know, it's great that Steph loves to set back screens, right? But at the end of the day, screener in the NBA. <laughs> nobody better. And you have, you know, Sean Livingston bringing the ball up, you know, and you've got 16 left on the shot clock, and all of a sudden you have Steph, you know, setting a back screen for Cousins, and he's pound, 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 dribble, 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 and all of a sudden we've got eight seconds left, and we've got two, two guys touching the ball. That's kind of a departure from what we've seen before. Yeah, but end of the day, how many games has Cousin played with this team? Is he at 15 yet? Um, I think it's, they're, it's just, they're, they're trying to get cousins involved. How many times has Kerr said they're kind of going to play through stuff with him? It's just kind of the nature. I'm going to worry about this when they're going to post up boogie in the beginning of games in playoff games. At this point, they're just playing with house money. They're just kind of seeing what they have. They know what they have with Steph and KD with Draymond with clay. They don't need to, you know, they don't need to see if Steph knows how to run a pick and roll. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's we don't actually see that ever until the last couple games of a playoff series either. So that that is Steve Kerr. He is someone that does won't do something until he has to do it. Um, first quarter issues do seem like a problem. I think we've kind of tackled the Cousins issue with it. Um, how much does Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, how much does, you know, just starting out slow have to do with kind of the way the team is playing, though? Because it is a little ugly. 
So at least for the last month. You remember when they signed KD and the popular criticism was only one ball? Um, I always thought that was silly because um, the only player they had in the starting lineup who liked the ball in his hands for you know more than two dribbles was Steph. So they could always fit in another dude like KD who, who's an isolation player, who's a playmaker off the dribble. But now when you bring Boogie into it, that's a third playmaker who wants the ball in his hands the whole time. Um, that's where we're finally starting to see the only one ball thing, you know, where it's hard to have three guys hold a rhythm the whole time. Yeah, um, I agree. And here's, here's, we got a text in from the, uh, the chill auto body, uh, text line. If you want to text in nine, five, seven, nine, five, um, this upcoming week at home, warriors need to be locked in playing elite playoff teams. I disagree. I I think what's, what Steve Kerr was saying the other day was, Hey, are we going to get a team that cares? I think same thing. I don't think if they care if they're playing Boston or if they're playing Denver. You know, after that Denver game that they blew them out by, you know, 20 points, they, they don't care. Like, I, I fully expect them to come out at Oracle this week and just kind of play the way that they've always done. Yeah, I mean, you never know. They they tend to get up for Boston. The Boston games have been a little more fun because of the history with Kyrie. I mean, he's he's one of two players who's given the Warriors problems over the last five years. So they could get up for it. But if they're getting up for it, it's about kind of, the individual, like, you know, I want to go at that guy because we have history. It's not because they want to lock in for the playoffs. Yeah, we've got a Boston team that's playing horrific basketball as well, who lost by 20 points today to the Rockets. We'll talk about that later with Andrew Sharp, senior writer from Sports Illustrated, when he comes on. Um, But let's go back to last night's game. So Steph kind of brought it home. Um, Most of the time, the ball goes through KD at the end of the games. But yesterday, they kind of worked it through Steph. I saw KD smile at the end of the game. That was a big departure from what happened against, I think it was, was it the... The first Philly game. Yeah. Where Steph, uh, Steph had 41, and he was he was red hot the whole game until the end. Yeah, that was, that was one of the games where it, it felt like they were having fun playing with each other. Um, after the game, uh, Steve Kerr actually talked about them having fun, more of a team vibe. So, I, I mean, it's one of those things for the Warriors. It's not so much, I guess, you know, if they're beating teams or not. It's if they're having fun, which is, you know, a little bit corny. But it's kind of how the Warriors have always functioned. It's kind of how Steph has always led. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, we've got to hit the break. Uh, next at the top, we're going to talk about Iguodala making headlines last night with his comments about Steph. Does Iguodala think Steph is the best point guard ever? Answers may surprise you. Here at next on 95.7 The Game. Now back to Light Years Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. Now this is what people came for, Sam. That Andre Iguodala quote, this is why the people want Sam and Andy on radio. Is Sam, is Steph underrated? I feel like this was a gift. Andre heard we're getting our first radio show and he's like, I'm going to give these guys the quote they want. I think Steph Curry is still underrated. The 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 uh, the piano that I've been playing for the last three years, if you will, Steph Curry is still underrated as a basketball player. You know, I, I'd say that I, I wouldn't even think of it from a point guard perspective, right? We can get into the granular about all of that stuff. I'm I always think of it from a leadership perspective nowadays. You know, with what's going on with the L.A. Lakers, you know, you, you see whatever stuff is going on down there, and you see what's happening with the Warriors. It's not like the Warriors don't have any drama. But you see Steph Curry in the middle of that, and he's kind of just leading by the stuff that he's not saying, right? He's not putting, you know, he's not building that fire. He's not doing something that's making it worse. He's trying to make this team come together. Yeah, Steph's uh, Steph's agent's not out here actively having half his team shopped so he could trade for his buddy. Um, Steph's just kind of going through the motions. You know, they went through the early season drama with Draymond and KD. Um the kind of the maturity of the whole team. But I would say Steph, more than anyone also, just kind of showed through and they worked through that. You know, and as a point guard, I think the the number one thing, it's it's not passing, right? It's not a t- assist turnover ratio, right? It's not the stuff that, quote unquote, a pure point guard does. I think it's rooted in, do you make your teammates better? And with Steph, absolutely. With Magic Johnson, absolutely. 
Yeah, and I and Andre Iguodal actually spoke to that when he was talking about the work Steph does off of screens, getting his teammates set up without even touching the ball, and just all the little things that it feels like no one ever talks about anymore. All anyone ever wants to talk about is triple doubles, James Harden scoring 30 a game, look at this highlight. You kind of lose focus of the main purpose of the game, which is to win, and there are a lot of different ways you can impact the game and empower and help your teammates to win. I think Kevin Durant can probably look at James Harden and say, if I shot the ball 35 times, pretty sure I'd average 40 points a game. Pretty sure. And he's probably right. And I think the thing with these Warriors, and I think the way that makes him so great is, Steph understands that you he could drop 30. He could average 30. He could average 35 again. They've both already done that. They've done it before. It's not about that. Right, You can if you want. Everybody can chuck up 30 shots. Clay could probably do it, too. He could probably average 30 if he shot 30 times. But I think the important piece is, what are you doing when you don't have the ball? Yeah. If you want to call in and join the show, 888-957-9570. Or you can text us at the Chilton Auto Body text line, 95795. Or tweet us using the hashtag LightYearsRadio. I think a lot of it, you know, what Steph and the other players in the league is that they do see him as someone that's just a shooter, too. I think that's one of the largest things where people don't understand the impact. Because we can talk about, you know, f- three people that are guarding him at half court, right? In the All-Star game, they the had a geometry of the court. Yeah, <laughs> and all that granular stuff that, you know... It- It's going to get you to turn off the radio right now, quite frankly. (laughs) Um, And I'm over here talking about back screens earlier and worried about how many that he's setting. But that's the stuff that he does that you do care about because the Warriors do have a lot of all-stars. They have five players that could be the best player on a team, right, or a best defensive player on the team. But, you know, Steph could easily just just be standing in the corner. You know, Kevin Durant could be doing the same thing, right? Or vice versa. But it's one of the things that if you are – if you do care about, you know, setting screens and making off-ball cuts and really, I think most importantly, playing team defense, not hijacking the defense and actually, because with Steph, he's also underrated on that end. He's actually reading the scouting report and, I mean, too small most of the time to guard some of these better offensive players, but he's not making dumb mistakes, right? He's not, you know, if you will, turning the ball over on defense, which is, you know, allowing a you know, wide-open dunk, a wide-open layup. That's what it is, but you kind of don't see that type of thing. Yeah. Um, And then secondarily, Iguodala also threw out a quote calling Steph the second best point guard of all time. That one's interesting because I have a hard time. They just play so different. They play so different. And it's one of the things where you just you magic was more like a, um, I guess, true point guard, if you will, more on that end. And Steph is more of he's just out there shooting shooting the ball, you know, 20 to 30 times a game and people don't see the underrated passing. I I don't know. It, it's hard it's hard to talk about. Yeah. Um but is he wrong? Has outside of Magic Johnson, has there been a better player in the NBA at the point guard position? Forget the way they play. Just a better player. Is it Chris Paul? <laughs> is it Isaiah Thomas? John Stockton? Um, Steve Nash. I mean, I think most everyone would say Steph Curry is a better player than all of them. I guess LeBron James <laughs> would be the point guard. Yeah, I mean, and and if you're going to use that, I mean, you could, yeah, I, I I guess he is, but you know, he's, he's considered a small forward. I mean, when you get into these players at this level, they kind of all trans, transcend position. Like Steph's a point guard just because that's what he guards on defense. Yeah. Uh, that's true. Let, let's let's swing this off of Steph. Let's talk about there was a I guess some breaking news this morning uh, from Shams um, where he tweeted out that Andrew Bogut might be coming back. Andrew Bogut, the Australian League MVP, uh, with the amazing stats of twelve points, twelve rebounds, and three blocks. Um, what do you think? Yeah, um, I'm intrigued by it. Uh... It's 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 hard to say. Um, they could use another. Well, here, let, let me take this step back. Do you think they need another big man? Uh, I do. I, I think Why? they. I think they need another big man because I. Kevon Looney is somewhat. By the way, if you want to call in eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero, you can text in the Chilton Body Chilton Auto Body text line nine five seven nine five. 
I do think so because with Kevon Looney, he's hurt right now. I think he's someone that you can kind of see as not holding up in a regular season. Uh, he's had a history of hip problems. I wouldn't necessarily trust someone like that um, in the postseason. And you've got DeMarcus Cousins where, and this is a perfect segue to the boogie issue, is that can you actually play him on defense? Can you actually play him against the Houston Rockets? Can you play him against, I mean, I guess you can against the Thunder, but you know, let's say you play the Lakers or even if you play the Kings that are playing at 100 miles an hour, right? I, I would worry about that. And really, you don't necessarily need the offensive boogie. Um, and that might be a better spot for five to 10 minutes of Andrew Bogut. Yeah, my thing is, I think they need it for insurance reasons. Looney, we know exactly who Looney is. He's a perfect small ball center. When they play Houston, where they want to switch everything, where, you know, Houston doesn't really have that like big burly guy inside, like a Steven Adams or someone, he's perfect. But it's those matchups where you're like, can can we play Boogie 30 minutes a game against OKC, against Utah, um, against these teams that have like real traditional size centers? Because you know you can't play Looney that much against them, and you can only go small with Draymond so long versus those teams too. Um, how much can Boogie give you? From that, from that standpoint, having another big man as just insurance – Makes sense. And that doesn't even get into the fact that, you know, Boogie's off of an Achilles and God forbid something happens where he has to miss two weeks. What are you going to do? Keep in mind here as well, they've still got that last roster spot open. Um, Robin Lopez was not waived by the Chicago Bulls yesterday. I think that the deadline was sometime yesterday. They didn't do it out of spite, it looks like. Um, so that was the guy that they were aiming for. Uh, looks like that's not going to happen. So that's where you get the. Um, Andrew Bogut rumors um, do miss him. They missed him in 2016. They missed him against the Cavs when they yeah, lost. It kind of that... gets brushed under the table that he got hurt in game five. You know, everyone has to mention who was missing from Cleveland in 2015, but no one mentions who got hurt in 16, but, but that's a, that's a digression. We don't need to go into that. Or maybe you want to, you can we will. text the Chilton Botto, Chilton auto body text line, nine, five, seven, nine, five. We got a lot of time, Sam. We've got a Andrew Sharp coming in here, uh, Sports Illustrated, senior writer, uh, seven thirty. It looks like. Um, so we've got a couple minutes before that from the uh, uh, from the five one zero. Definitely need Andrew Bogut. Cousins is a liability. Doesn't have the defensive skills, and he doesn't seem to have as much of a sense of team defense. What are your thoughts on so that? So this Andrew? is this is the thing. So so the Warriors. It's not they don't have. It's not that they don't have. They have too many good players. It's the diminishing return of too many good offensive players um, where you've got Steph not handling the ball enough. You've even got KD not handling the ball enough. Um, and so you can have all the greatest offensive players in the world, but at a certain point you need to maximize your best players in, in order to get the best results, right? And if you're not maximizing the rhythm of Steph Curry, who is the best offensive player in the league – then we're really diminishing what could be better on offense. And you know, it's a funny thing. I might disagree with you that he's the best offensive player, but my disagreement would be Kevin Durant is the best offensive player, which is to say there are two better offensive options than DeMarcus Cousins on the Warriors starting lineup. And that's kind of to your point, the diminishing returns. Uh, it is worth noting the backup lineup with uh, DeMarcus Cousins, Iguodala, Livingston has actually been really good for them. And that makes sense because it lets him be the first option, um, kind of go at second units. Uh, it's just a matter of kind of figuring out the best combinations. We got a 510 text here. You guys sound nervous on here. It must be your guys' first time on air. It is our first time on air. It is our first time. Light Years Radio, 95.7 The Game. Um, I'm going to need you, the guy who texted in, to call in. Right? It'd be great if you could call in. Maybe we can have you on with us our first time. Baptism by fire, Sam, I guess. Yeah, we can, we can talk through our nerves together. <laughs> um, all right, so what else do we have? We have the Bogut signing. We have Andre Iguodala calling Steph underrated. Um, what else? Because I do, I am a little bit also a little bit worried about um, the bench because I had to watch Damian Lee last night score. I don't know, what, he, what did he shoot? Like five or six from three. I had, I had to have him, you know, I had to see him shoot that good just to be like, okay, you know, this Warriors team is functioning, right? I don't want to rely on that. I don't want to rely on that when they're playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
Yeah, but Clay wasn't playing. That's 20 shots you're missing from your normal guys. I'm not as worried about the depth as long as the front-end guys are playing. Uh, end of the day, this is a top-heavy team. Got it. And here on line one, we've got James somewhere in California, apparently. Hey, guys. I'm just curious. How bad does LeBron missing the playoff impact the LeBron-NJ debate? Because to me, it really doesn't at all. LeBron is the greatest player of all time. I mean, NJ doesn't even crack my top ten. Uh, I would disagree with you, James. Um, it may not hurt him if you think this is his farewell Wizards tour, but if you think LeBron's still in his prime, this hurts him. I don't know. I don't think he's in his prime, but I think he's the greatest player ever, and it's not close. Thanks for calling in, James. Not a, you don't think he's in his prime? Well, you know, uh, thanks for taking the troll call, I guess, Sam. I appreciate you doing that for me, but wow, LeBron James not making the postseason, and I don't know, how many prime years does LeBron have? Maybe one, maybe two? That's something where I would be concerned as if I were LeBron just looking at my legacy. Right, You're going to L.A. You're going there to win championships. You're not going there to make movies. Here's the thing. You can't have it both ways. You can't say he's the best player in the league last year because he carried a lifeless Cavs team to the finals. And then a few months later say, well, you know, he's, he's already done with his prime. Doesn't matter anymore. He's already the greatest. None of this matters. You know, it's one or the other. Turns out when you're playing the Utah Jazz and the Houston Rockets every night, it's not as easy to coast to 50 wins in the regular season. Yeah, um, I guess Rudy Gobert is a little tougher to deal with than um, who are the Knicks starting at center? <laughs> Maybe they should get Luke Andrew Cornette. <laughs> Actually, Mitchell Robinson, he's nice. But all right, um, all right. I think we've got Andrew Sharp from Sports Illustrated on. Um, so let's let's do it. What's going on? How you guys doing? Andrew, this is Andy Lewis, Hamas Fendiari. We're doing well. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, this is a big night. I can't believe we've made it to this moment. You guys are officially mainstream media now. Uh, I love it. I'm, I'm happy to be here. A lot of screaming about LeBron, Andrew. You know, a lot, lot of screaming. We'll get to more yelling later, a lot of hot takes. Um, but we wanted to have you on to talk about the Eastern Conference and Boston. I know that you're a huge Boston Celtics fan as senior writer of Sports Illustrated. So the Warriors are playing Boston on Tuesday um, and they've struggled the season and they've whined about team chemistry all year. But it seems like the Warriors are more worried about the Celtics than anybody else in the Eastern Conference. Should we feel the same way? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think the Warriors... Um, recognize a lot of their own DNA in Boston because there are a lot of smart players, a lot of versatile guys who can who can guard a number of different positions. And, um, you know, Boston is sort of built for war in the playoffs the same way the Warriors have been. Um, granted, the Celtics are worse at literally every position, so it's kind of a tough comparison in that respect. But, uh, but I think that's why Golden State has traditionally respected those guys and, and also, like, the Celtics have played the Warriors hard for several years now, even before they were kind of considered part of the upper echelon of the league. Um, and I would, I'm not giving up hope in the Celtics. As much of a mess as the last couple weeks have been, I think they've lost five out of six since the All-Star break and uh, like seven of nine overall. And Kyrie is in his own weird zone doing Kyrie things. But... Um, at the end of the day, this team still has a lot of talent, and they are going to know, like, they're, they're perfectly suited to winning in the playoffs, which I think is more true of them than some of the other teams in the East. So I wouldn't write them off yet. Sharp, Sam here. So other Eastern team who the Warriors played last night, the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, they've also given the Warriors problems the last two times they played. They won in Oracle Last night went to the wire. I don't really know how much we can read out of last night's game because Embiid didn't play, Clay didn't play. Um, but that's another team that's loaded uh, who may give the Warriors problems. Should we be buying them as maybe the best team in the East to give the Warriors Well, problems? yeah. See, that's the thing that I find pretty interesting. Is, uh, I mean, the Sixers and the Celtics haven't really had their act together for various stretches of this season, whereas like the Raptors and the Bucks are kind of hitting on all cylinders. Um, but, you know, if the Warriors had to choose, I think they would rather play the Bucks or the Raptors because the Sixers, I don't know what you guys have seen, but there's something about their size that just kind of throws the Warriors off. And each of their games in the last few years 
have been a little closer than I expected. And um, granted, like Ben Simmons has gone nuts and, and Clay Thompson hasn't played in either of the matchups this season. And I obviously Clay would probably guard Ben Simmons, but, um, but yeah, I mean, they make it, they make life hard on the Warriors. So I think that that, that threat is real. If we're talking about teams that could like potentially get two games off the Warriors in the finals. I mean, like, let's not go crazy, but the Sixers can play with them, which is surprising. Yeah, I think that's the thing with the Sixers that always catches the Warriors off uh, that you hit on. They're they're bigger and they're faster than the Warriors. There's not a lot of teams over the last four years who could say that. You know, maybe you're a little bigger at one position, but um, you're not bigger at four or five positions. Maybe one of your players is a little more athletic than them, but you're not running up and down faster than them. And with Philly, the one thing that stood out to me in yesterday's game was Philly was pushing the tempo. The Warriors were trying to slow the tempo, which is kind of uh, deviates from everything we've known about this Warriors team the last few years. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so actually taking it forward to the other Eastern teams, what about Milwaukee and Toronto? Where do you stand on all four of these teams versus the Warriors? Um, Are we talking about as matchups with the Warriors or just in general and who can win the East? Let's let's start with who can win the East. See, I, to me, it's a it's a toss up between Boston and Milwaukee as as favorites. And granted, I sound like a, a crazy person, <laughs> like talking about the Celtics as a favorite. But I, I think that those are the two teams that can play with just about anybody and can play a number of different styles. And uh, and I like them a lot. But at the same time, you know, like. Toronto's right there, and and we haven't really seen the Raptors healthy most of the season. And then same deal with the Sixers, where like they have a ton of talent. They need to figure out how to guard point guards because you know Jimmy Butler wasn't doing a great job, uh, and uh, and hasn't really been doing a great job for most of the year. And then like Steph uh, was matched up with JJ Redick a couple times last night, and that was just a disaster for Philly. <laughs> And so they're going to need to figure that out in the playoffs uh, because I think teams are going to be hunting Reddick pretty hard. But um, right now, it's it's as close to dead even as as it as ever over the last like five or six years. So I'm I'm pretty excited to see how things shake out in in May. I'm sharp. I'm watching the Bucks and Lakers game, and the Bucks who haven't lost a back to back game all season. I'm watching the last five minutes of a close game, man. I don't see Giannis touching the ball. Giannis, who I think we're all pretty much agree is going to be the MVP of the regular season here. Best team, best record, best player of the best team with the best record uh, so far in the and regular pretty season. dominant overall. I, I, I just did, I didn't see, I saw Eric Bledsoe dominate the ball, and I get it. He's a point guard, but as the best player, and when you're in the Eastern Conference playoffs and you're playing against the Celtics, you're playing whomever, shouldn't we want Giannis to have the ball? What, what are we doing here? Well, definitely, and that's the question mark with the Bucks. And you'll see Bucks fans stick their chest out online, and they'll talk about how the team hasn't lost any back-to-back. They'll throw out the the net rating stats, which make the Bucks look like one of the best teams of all time. And like nobody's arguing that the Bucks are great in the regular season, but I think that's the one thing left for Giannis to prove is that he can kind of take over down the stretch of games. And, and thrive in the half court in close games against good teams because, you know, we haven't really seen him do it. We haven't seen him fail that much either, but, um, but it's an open question. And it's like, look, if the Bucks are counting on Giannis and he delivers in those moments, then, then obviously like they're going to be in great shape. But if Giannis is going to be able to be neutralized and then it's the Bucks are betting on like Eric Bledsoe and Miritich and Chris Middleton, like, I don't know if I trust that team that much. And I, I know Bledsoe was great against L.A. this weekend, but, like, let's be real. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's, that's the reason it's a toss-up is because the Bucks have questions, too. We've got Andrew Sharp here, senior writer for Sports Illustrated, um, also podcast on Open Floor Pod every week, twice a week. Um, so, Sharp, read a lot of your articles, listen to a lot of podcasts, heard a little bit about how you think that the Warriors did ruin basketball and how, Kade, how Kevin Durant is a role player – Defend yourself. What's going on? Oh, man. It's a long-running thing. And at this point, I think I, I, I feel like I've won. I mean, even the Warriors look miserable half the time. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the main issue that's frustrating for me as someone who cares a lot about the NBA is, like, 
LeBron James has not been the best player in the world for at least a year, maybe even longer. But it's hard to know who is really there and should be on the throne right now because, like, we don't see Kevin Durant tested very often. We don't see Steph Curry tested as much as I'd like to see. Because I, I re, I'm a huge believer in Steph. I'm also a believer in KD. But, like, more often than not, when you watch Warriors games, they're kind of just sort of going through the motions. They'll be down 10 or 15. Then they'll turn it on and win by 8 or 9. And it's like we've watched that for three years now. Nobody could touch this team. Uh, but I think it would be a lot more dramatic to see some of these guys pushed more than they have been because, like, we're legitimately talking – in Katie and Steph, we're talking about two guys who are, like, two of the 15 best players of all time. And um, I don't know. I want to see them challenged a little bit more than they have been. Well, I don't think people in the Bay Area would agree with you on that one, but I could see it from the purest basketball perspective. Andre Godala agrees with you essentially saying it's like having two Michael Jordans on one team in his post game last night. Uh, Iguodala had one other quote, which I really want to get your reaction on. He said, Steph Curry's still underrated and went into this long diatribe about how people don't appreciate everything he can do aside from the shooting, the way he makes guys better. I kind of took that as a shot at other NBA players because we know Steph has kind of, there's kind of this weird thing where other players don't think he's on their level. Did you take it that way? Yeah, you know, I think that's the best and smartest way to read it because, you know, if you're talking about media exposure and, um, you know, Steph is probably right there with LeBron in terms of, like, international recognition. And, uh, I mean, he's every teenager's and grade schooler's favorite player in the league. And a lot of people in the media – have spent the last couple of years talking about how underrated Steph is and how great he is at all sorts of all the little things in the game. And like for an example, I think if you put Steph Curry on that Celtics team, they're probably winning fifty five to sixty to sixty five games because of how steady he is and how how easy he makes it for the players around him. And that's something that's like you take for granted, but Kyrie can't do that. He's as explosive as Steph, but he's not he doesn't make life easy for the guys around him. And um, and that's part of why he's so great. But the, the fascinating thing is that I do think around the league, players don't see Steph in those terms. And they haven't for the last five years, even as Steph is on the verge of winning four and five here. And, like, I mean, it's crazy to me. But um, you look at the way he's discussed, even by Durant sometimes. I mean, Ooh. Durant was at All-Star Weekend and said Kyrie is the greatest shooter ever. It's like it's, There's not that level of reverence among his peers, and um, it's one of the stranger phenomenons of the last decade because he's been amazing, obviously. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you can see someone like Kevin Durant that doesn't necessarily feel that way. And it's very interesting because Kevin Durant is a free agent uh, next season. But Andrew Sharp, senior writer for Sports Illustrated, thank you for being our first guest. (laughs) It's an honor, absolutely. Good luck, and I look forward to listening. Have a good night. All right, Sam. So I think uh, that's that's a very interesting kind of uh, view or perspective from players. And I think more interesting because it comes from Kevin Durant himself, right? And if you're looking at why someone like Kevin Durant may leave, it's almost thinking of, well, does he not like the city that he plays in? Does he not like the system that he plays in? Does he not like the coach? Or does he just not like, you know, being beloved as much as someone like Steph Curry? So Anyway, we're going to take a break here. Um, as we go out, would you rather have LeBron miss the playoffs or would you rather have the Warriors knock him out in the first round? Uh, make sure to call in 888-957-9570. We're going to take your calls after the break. Light Years Radio, we are back. Andy Lou, Sam Espendiari. We've got a Twitter poll on if Steph Curry is underrated on 95.7 The Game on Twitter. You can also call in. We've got a couple callers that I can see here. Coach P and Howard, we'll get to you. 888-957-9570. You can text in to Chill Auto Body. Text line 95795. Before we get to the calls, wanted to start us off with... What you think, Sam? Would you rather LeBron miss the playoffs, or would you want to see the Warriors knock them out in the first round? All right, so right now the Lakers are three and a half games back of the eight. Oh, sorry, 
four and a half games back of the eight seed. Um, so it's it's tight. They they may not make it irrespective of what we think. As a lifelong Bay Area sports fan who's seen the Lakers be better than the Warriors for majority of my life, I absolutely do not want to see them make the playoffs. I, I think it would be hilarious. Um, as much as I would enjoy knocking them out, watching them get LeBron James and not make the playoffs would would feel it would just be hilarious. You know, one one of the things too I think about LeBron is the mystique, right? I think the Eastern Conference, he made the finals eight years in a row. And I think for guys like Paul George, um, you know, Kyle Lowry, we've seen Kyle Lowry DeMar and DeMar DeRozan, right? These guys they go up against LeBron in the Eastern Conference and they get they're petrified, right? They suddenly they don't know how to shoot the basketball. And I think a lot of that mystique has worn off in the Western Conference. Yeah. And I mean, part of the Lakers issue is that he missed, what, 18 games, 15 games with an injury. But irrespective of that, even when he's been playing, they haven't been bad, but they haven't been anything special. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't been the best player in the world on a consistent basis either. Um, yeah. And, and I think that you know, when you're thinking about it, even the Utah Jazz, like a 5C right now, you know, could, could easily beat. LeBron and the Lakers, and that's not something you'd hear ever for like the last five years. Can you imagine if he had played in the West? You think about the Portland Trailblazers. You think about Damian Lillard, great player, all-star, a team that struggles to get out of the first round. They routinely go against the Lakers and have little issue. There's not that mystique factor. It's not Kyle Lowry pump faking because LeBron's eight feet away from him. They're not scared. They're not scared. And uh, we want to hear from you. We want to know if you'd rather see LeBron play in the first round or you'd rather see him miss the playoffs. Call in 888-957-9570. We have Coach P on line two from Fremont. What's up? How's it going? Tell us what you think about LeBron. Going good, guys. Going good. How's you guys' uh, Sunday evening going? It's going wonderful. Fantastic, man. Real quick. uh, Yeah, you know, for me, as a diehard Warrior fan for 30-plus years, uh, through the bad times, of course, now the good, loving it, uh, it. I'd rather see LeBron just miss the playoffs entirely. I mean, I really think this guy, he hasn't put in, you know, everything it needs for them to be a playoff team. He hasn't made his team better. Um, You you can almost say the Lakers have gotten worse, actually. I mean, whether it's 10th seed right now, 11th seed, I don't see them with their schedule making the playoffs. It'll take for them to a total 180. I don't think I don't think they deserve to be in the playoffs with everything that's going on. You know, trying to push Luke out and all that. I, I just I just feel that he just doesn't deserve to even be in the playoffs. And it'll be good just to not see him. I mean, maybe me just being bitter as a Warrior fan and just tired of the whole Warriors versus LeBron. I mean, we've had that for four years. I know a different team and all that, different scenario. But you know, you're just kind of over it. I would love to see the Kings and the Warriors first round. Maybe the Kings can sneak one. You know, I think the Kings will get one, I, I, maybe even two. You know, it could be a competitive series. You never know. The Warriors, I don't know if anyone can beat them in the seventh series. Maybe the Rockets because they, they had them there last year. But there is going to be some surprises this, this postseason because the Warriors are leaving that door open. They're not coming out gun blazing. They fall. Like, like your uh, good interview, by the way, last segment. Uh, but that guy said, you know, how they fall behind 15 and they get in gear. And next thing you know, they're winning by eight. That, that 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 could set some things up. They could lose some games in the postseason that we didn't think they would. Love the show, guys. Let's go Oakland. Go yeah. <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Coach P. Warriors fan of 30 years. They say Warriors are bandwagon fans when you're at other places in the country. So I guess that's not a thing, huh? And that's what I'm saying. Older Warrior fans, ones who watched Kobe and Shaq, ones who watched Magic, Kareem, ones who watched the Lakers be the best team on the West Coast for 20 to 30 years, they don't care. They don't need to beat the Lakers in the first round. They want to laugh at them being terrible. And I think one of the things he made, Coach P, thanks for calling in. If you want to call in 888-957-9570, is that you put in, you know, you get what you put in, right? And from what we've seen at LeBron James this year, he's put in, it doesn't seem like he's put in much. Right, I think there's been more talk about LeBron off the court with Anthony Davis, with you know Space Jam Two, whatever it is, more than you know what's going on on the court, and that's just not something that you want to reward with. I mean, even an eight seed playoff berth. It honestly seems like the Lakers are his nine to five. It's like his day job. It's like you or me checking into the office. Got to get my emails out. 
Got to got to make sure I get my TPS reports in. Uh, there's not that passion that you're used to seeing with with sports. Doesn't mean he's playing poorly or anything, but there's not that level of leadership you expect from the quote unquote best player in the world and definitely the best player of this generation. Absolutely. And uh, so let's let's keep hitting the phones here. We've got a we've got a bunch of people. Um, let's go to Howard uh, from SF on line three. Hey, how's it going? Very well. Uh, doing well. How are you doing, LeBron? Oh, good, good. Nothing. Hanging in there. You know, when LeBron decided to come over to the West, I thought, no way, dude. You know what? You have to play hard every night, every night in the West. Uh, we're not a cakewalk over here. And it shows. He got hurt because he was playing, playing hard. Because, you know, you can't take one night off, right? So you come to the West and uh, – he felt that maybe it was a cakewalk, but no, no, you have to play and get hurt. So the Lakers, I hope they don't make the playoffs. And next year, I hope they barely make it in and the Warriors sweep them. So, <laughs> uh, you know, for him to think that he could just come over to the West and make the playoffs, nah, nah. We're a much better conference than, than the East. And, yeah, they have stepped up their game this year. Um, but for the most part, man, the West is the is, going to happen all right howard thank you thank you for calling in yeah uh, i mean i i mean i agree i mean he he's got the right mindset right because it's it's like there's only so much you want to you want to see from someone when they you know we've called the western conference the, the varsity conference <laughs> right it's something where if you're gonna play in the western conference you can't take days off as howard just said right there's really nothing like look at the warriors even when the when Steph Curry is out for thirteen let's, let's games this it, season, let's take it away from the Warriors. Actually, um, there have been let, let's think about Russell Westbrook's first year without KD. You know they didn't win a title, but he dragged them to the playoffs. Let's think about what Dame Lillard's doing in Portland. Again, uh, a questionable team. No one's really sure how much upside. You know, you don't really. It's not a title contender, but he gets them in the playoffs every year. Look at James Harden before Chris Paul came. Same thing. You can point to all the Laker injury issues, and they're real, and he's missed time. But if you are one of the best players in the NBA, you should be able to at least drag your team above 500 into the playoffs. Over 50% of the league makes it. Eight out of 15 teams in the West make it. We're not asking him to you know, make him a title contender. We're saying be average. And one elite player in the NBA should be able to do that. The Los Angeles Clippers are projected to make the playoffs, Sam. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, a rookie, I think it's like 19 years old, is projected to make the NBA playoffs. Um, and uh, one of the big things when we talk about is Steph underrated, and we're talking about leadership, right? And we're talking about what you want from the best player on your team is that you don't want them to throw people under the bus, right? We don't want someone like LeBron after a game to say, are people committed to basketball? Right? Are you, by the way, someone that has spent all season long not even talking about basketball is asking, are his young players committed to basketball? I think when you're playing with Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, they're impressionable. You remember when you were 21, Sam? Right? It's been a while. <laughs> right? If you've got a mentor, if you've got, you know, a dad, whomever it is, you want to listen to what that guy has to say. Dad LeBron? I think that got, I think Kyrie didn't like that. So I don't know that that's the relationship you want to talk about. But yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. Teams follow their, their best player's lead. Um, when, when the Warriors have been at their best, it's usually been because Steph and KD and whoever else are just kind of pushing that out of them when they've been lethargic it's been because the energy of their best players has kind of been man it's february just get me to the spring you know man it's a december game i don't care that much but more than anything you know they follow the lead yeah and uh you know enough lebron i, I want to go back to the phones i want to talk about more steph you know call in 888-957-9570 we've got line four jason from new york how you doing jason what's up Yo. Yo, what's good, my guy? How <laughs> we doing good? How you doing, man? I'm good, bro. I'm good, brother. Listen, Steph is underrated. He's been underrated. Why? Sure why is fun. that? You know that. Because... Oh, we do, but tell us why you think he's underrated. <laughs> people still think that Durant is the best player on the team when everything goes through Steph. When Steph's not on the court or Steph's off the bench, the offense isn't flowing as well as it does with Curry. And it's... it's, it's it's really, it's just really obvious to me. And people still think like Westbrook because of this 
on athletic advantage. Nah, bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> Curry gets behind a screen, he can knock down a three. He comes off of a curl, he can knock down a three. He'll knock down a three in transition. He just has a level of gravity to his game that no one can compete with. Like, step at his best is the best player in the league by far. Love that. Love that. If you were to run an offense, how would you run it, Jason? With Steph? A Steph? A yeah. Offense, honestly, yeah. what we saw in 15 16 is the way. The problem is, I think the wear and tear kind of got to him at the end. Yeah. But I mean, I would go to put the ball in his hands, like PR, like, what are we doing? Like, Curry, he, he gets too philosophical sometimes. You know, you when you got a guy like Steph in your squad, you got to do what you got to do. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, give him the ball, you know, have Boogie, have Boogie do a PR, Boogie can. He can pop or do whatever he wants to do, but like when stuff comes, from, it, it has to fall in his pocket. You can do so much things with it, and it, it could open up Durant too on the wing. You know what I mean? Like Durant won't have to like go ISO and stuff like that. Man, this guy can just like hang out in the corner. Yep. Hey, hey, Jason, you're we're preaching to the choir here. Thank right? you, Jason. <laughs> Thanks for calling it. That was that was he did it better than us. You know, we we got to bring him on. You know that that's something I think if you're a Warriors fan. And um, you're watching these games in the postseason. That's what you say, right? There's no better offense than 2015 and 16, 2014 and 15, when Steph had the ball in his hands, right? There's no better offense. And it's not a matter of, hey, you know, let Steph do that now, right? It's a matter of a balance. Yeah. Um, Let's go to Robin in San Francisco on line three. Um, Hi. Can you hear me? Because I'm. We can hear you, Robin. And it's and it's bad. No, you're so, great, Robin. Um, How you doing? Okay, I'm gonna stop though. Um, I'm okay. I'm a little conflicted. I would like to see the Lakers not be in the playoffs, but for two reasons. I'm an old school uh, uh, Lakers fan. I'm a Northern California ga- uh, girl. And I've been watching uh, uh, and suffering with the war since '74. So I have no love for no Southern California teams, and that's an old school Northern California thing, right? Uh, that even goes all the way down to AAU ball, community college ball, okay? Um, because we stood in their shadows for so long, and they used to come up here and laugh at us. But more importantly, why, um, my second reason is I just can't stand LeBron. I don't like um, I don't like what he's done to the Lakers. I think that was shady what he's done to the Lakers, and um, I'd rather just see him not be in it and. Um, I belong to a lot of social uh, media of sports groups, and um, they call the brown fans brown sexuals. And, and there's nothing worse than brown sexuals always praising LeBron. So he's so great. Got it. But Thank you, Robin. Carry- Thank you, Robin, for calling it. Hey, totally understand, right? We totally get the way that people react that are LeBron fans, right? So, I mean, that's – and people are, you know, texting into the text line and saying, hey, why are you talking about the Lakers, blah, 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 blah. Listen. We're talking about NBA ratings. There's nobody better than the Warriors and LeBron. And by the way, the Lakers may be who the Warriors play in the first round. So it is a relevant Warrior topic. (laughs) Um, So I think think it is fascinating um, how people do cover LeBron. Hi, I'm Vanessa with PG&E. If you see a downed power line, stay away from it and keep others away. Call 911. Let our first responders come out and handle it. Police and fire will respond as well as PG&E. To learn more, visit pge.com slash safety. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.